unclear what may have been taken, and no arrests have been made. A 71-year-old man is accused of inappropriately touching a 12-year-old girl at the Walmart in West Mifflin Sunday afternoon. According to... That's the good stuff for those of you on the audio podcast. They showed a picture of Joe Biden as they were talking about the old man touching the little girl. Anywho, I'm Dave Rubin. This is the Rubin Report. It's February 28th, 2024. We're live streaming on Rumble, YouTube, and Locals. Share, subscribe, tap that notification bell if you haven't. And yes, we do have a post-game show for you today, rubenreport.locals.com. Sorry about the slightly abbreviated show yesterday, no post-game show. I w- it was special Friends Day at my nine-year-old niece's uh, school, and I was the special friend. Took her out for ice cream. Got her out of school early, don't tell mom and dad. Went out for ice cream, I had ice cream for lunch. I'm a 47-year-old man, and I had ice cream for lunch, but I'm doing okay, we're back in action. Uh, I'm also told to give a shout out to Dr. Phil, who apparently is now a big fan of the Rubin Report. I had him on the show last week. Obviously, we did a bunch of clips of him and Rogan and on The View uh, yesterday, and we got a nice message from the doc. So, Dr. Phil, how are you, my friend? Uh, and today, we're just diving ra- right back into the culture wars and how they're connected to the whole political thingamajig and all that stuff. It's going to be a bit about uh, a brewing fight between Tucker Carlson and Jon Stewart. And you know, I don't like doing the personal fight here and there, especially when people are on the same side. Now these guys aren't on the same side. You got Tucker on the right, John on the left. I guess my hands should have gone the other way, unless you're watching in a mirror. Uh, But I think it represents something important related to the information war, related to the general direction of this country and everything else. Uh, Also, Joe Biden did a, a, to say this is a softball isn't even, doesn't even give due respect to softballs, a ridiculously softball interview with Seth Meyers that did not go that well on Monday, a little bit of that. And then there's this whole government shutdown that might be happening, which was very exciting for someone like me who just thinks the government should shut down and not come back. Uh, So we're gonna dive into all of that. Let's jump right in uh, to this Tucker Carlson, John Stewart thing. So uh, Tucker Carlson had Lex Friedman on his show uh, in his little wooden studio across the, across of the, on the other side of Florida. Uh, and they started talking about Jon Stewart and how information is sort of laundered through the machine and how the regime uses it. And take a look. No country has freedom of speech other than us. Canada doesn't have it. Great Britain definitely doesn't have it. France, Netherlands, these are countries I spent a lot of time in. And Russia certainly doesn't have it. So that's why I don't live there. I'm just saying our sanctions don't work. That's all I was saying. And we don't have to live like animals. We can live with dignity. Even the Russians can do it. That's kind of what I was saying. Even the Russians under Vladimir freaking Putin can live like this. And no, it's not a feature of dictatorship. That's the most, I think, discouraging and most dishonest line by people like Jon Stewart, who really are trying to prepare the population for accepting a lot less. He is really a tool of the regime in a sinister way, always has been. Um, like, how dare you expect that? What are you, a Stalinist? It's like, no, I'm an American. I'm like a decent person. I just want to be able to walk to the grocery store without being murdered. Is that too much? To ask? Shut up, then you don't believe in freedom. It's really dark if you think about it. You know. Okay, so what Tucker is referencing there is that after Tucker did the interview in Moscow with Putin that we showed a whole bunch of clips from, and I'm sure you guys have seen at least uh, pieces of, 
Uh, John Stewart did a long thing on the, the new Daily Show, which is no longer a Daily Show. It is now a once a week show because they know nobody's really watching it. The machine is pushing the hell out of it. It's owned by Viacom, which owns Comedy Central and I think CBS. And they're pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. It is just popping up in my algorithm endlessly. Literally this morning, I was trying to watch old basketball games and, and I was getting John Stewart videos. Uh, but what he's referencing there is that John did this big hit piece on Tucker after the interview. Now you could say Tucker didn't do a great job or did do a fine job or he shouldn't talk to this guy or whatever, or Putin's a KGB agent, which is true. And maybe he's manipulating Tucker and all of that. But John basically just went off on, on Tucker. And frankly, no, nobody has, well, I was going to say nobody's been killed because of the interview, although I don't think uh, Navalny would agree with that and he's not here anymore, but I don't think it was because of the Tucker interview. Uh, but the point is that John Stewart has sort of ushered in a lot of the madness that we now see on the left for 20 years. And that has led to a whole group of people, as Tucker's pointing out, saying we just, things just won't be as good anymore. Like America just kind of won't be as great and freedom won't be that great. And we won't really have free speech because of big tech and everything else. Uh, but anyway, the machine has pushed Jon Stewart back into the system. And we're gonna show you now about a minute and a half of his show uh, from yesterday, the day before. And I, I watched this whole 10 minute clip this morning. He's trying to do this both sides th thing with Israel and Hamas. And John Stewart, uh, John, if you're watching, your real name is uh, Stuart Leibowitz. And uh, you're trying to play both sides. You're trying to thread this little needle so that you won't be beheaded. But at the end, man, no matter what you give these guys, they're still gonna come for you because you're still a Jew. Anyway, here he goes. Here God. If you insist on this plan, if you think that ends Hamas, I believe we in the United States have a banner you can use. Um, it's a little wind damaged, but equally delusional. Look, the United States is Israel's closest ally, Israel's big brother in the fraternity of nations, Israel's work emergency contact. <laughs> Maybe it's time for the U.S. to give Israel some tough moral love. This is shameful. There has to be accountability for these war crimes. No targeting civilians in war. Stop the war crimes and the atrocities and end the war today. It could happen right now. Right now! Thank you! These atrocities must be... So I'm being told the administration was talking about Russia bombing Ukraine. I apologize. <laughs> also a war crime. Uh, but I'm sure they're giving equally stern advice to Israel. The Biden administration is urging Israel to be much more careful, to be more cautious. How Israel does this matters. Israel must do more to protect innocent civilians. We want to see the government of Israel take steps to minimize civilian harm. Be more surgical and more precise. Be more careful. Could you please be more careful with your bombing? It's good advice. Hey, Jonathan Leibowitz, you are so fucking pathetic. That is the only thing I, I don't think I can do great analysis of this. It's so fucking pathetic. You, you are such Tucker is right. You are just a tool of the regime. Israel is doing everything. What other army in the history of the world drops leaflets? Please, could you leave this house? We're gonna bomb it a few minutes because we know you have rockets 
downstairs. Please, could you leave this mosque because we know that you have weapons that you're holding hostage? Like all of this shit, he knows it. He is the exact person who for 20 years on The Daily Show, more young people get their news on The Daily Show than anywhere else. And here he is running cover for people that are going to gladly behead him. Like you, they will have your, your head on a stick in five years, John, if the people that you are helping usher in actually get power. And what do you think they're gonna do to your children? Jonathan Leibowitz, uh, you are a rich Jew, probably worth a hundred million bucks, and you still think, you think that Israel's not doing everything they freaking can, and you can actually end a war. You can end a war by defeating the bad guys. No other country in the world would be asked to do anything other than what Israel is doing, and no one would even care. That, that really is the point. God, he's freaking awful. Was I clear about my opinions on that? We'll get to more on that in a second. Uh, but I wanna jump back to, uh, to Tucker, because I think, I think this thing, I don't really, yes, I guess I went a little personal on John there. Um, <laughs> But it's more about like the idea set that Tucker is talking about. Can we do things that are better in America and can we defend free speech and build better things and dream a little bit more versus like, can we just sort of constantly acquiesce to the left and things will just get worse and lie about what Israel is doing and what America is all about? Like, that's the divide that I'm talking about today. Uh, anyway, here's Tucker talking about how Americans should actually just kind of be brave. Maybe something good would come if we did that. There is a fundamental way which you wanted Americans to expect more. You don't have to live like this. We don't have to live like this. You don't have to accept it. You don't. And everyone's afraid in this country they're going to be shut down by the tech oligarchs or have the FBI show up at their houses or go to jail. And people are legit afraid of that in the United States. And my feeling is, so? Like, show a little courage. Like, what is it worth to you? for your grandchildren to live in a free, prosperous country. It should be worth more than your comfort. That's how I feel. Yeah, he's right. And you know, it's interesting because for all of you that live in red states or more rural areas, places where there is law and order, places that it's clean and there aren't drugs everywhere and homeless people everywhere, places they like Florida. And I happen to live in, in the biggest city in Florida, Miami, and it is clean and we don't have those problems. You, what, you, what starts to happen is that your life starts getting better. And the people around you, they're not always talking about, oh my God, did you see uh, that at the drugstore they broke in and stole all the shit and there's no drugs there anymore? Did you see the homeless people over there? And oh my God, what happened at this store? And there was a break-in in my house and everything else. And when you live in those blue states and when you live in those cities that are just have that, that collection of horrible things happening all the time, it is actually worse for you. And then you can connect that to then you start looking around and buildings don't look as nice and there's broken windows there and there's trash and everything else. And eventually it beats down the human spirit. And, and we are absolutely just dividing that more and more. There will be some places that work and some places uh, that do not work. But Tucker's broader point is that we shouldn't fear these tyrants, right? So look, they can create all sorts of messes and they can destroy things and all of that. But if we just push back, we have no idea what we can do. Believe, believe me, as wacky as things feel right now, generations before us had it way worse, 
okay? They pretty much did. Think about your grandparents' life, your great-grandparents' life, even perhaps your parents' life. Was it better or worse than yours? Maybe for your parents, a little bit different, right? Because that was maybe at the peak of America and it feels like we're on the other side. But for most of you watching this, your grandparents certainly had it way worse and go back in a family tree and you will find some stuff that is worse than you got it right now. Anywho, let's jump over to the crazy people over at The View. Uh, they had Kara Swisher on. She is a sort of John Stewart-like, lefty social justice warrior pushed by the New York Times on everybody. Uh, and here she is talking to Whoopi and the rest of the girls. She's very upset that people like Elon Musk who have opened up the internet to now be more free and can, guys like me can say what they want without being shadow banned and everything else, uh, that we're just allowed to do that with no consequences. That, that's not good for these people. And these, these people have no, they can do whatever they want here. And if, like, look, I, I would, everyone has guardrails. Media has guardrails, insurance companies, plain, yes. mm -hmm. you know, it's just, everybody has guardrails. These people don't, and so they can do whatever they want. And they, they mm -hmm. take our information in, including young people. Yes. They then gobble it up, spit it back at us, charge us, and ask us to say thank you. I'm sorry, I, like, that seems like, it's, it's, it's not a scam, but, the American, the American taxpayer paid for the internet. Let's yeah, just keep yeah. that in mind. Yeah, and yeah. so that's gave Elon Musk a loan to save t Tesla, and then he trashes the government. I'm sort of like, okay, yeah. sure. Well, because there are no consequences. Mm -hmm. Right, that's, well, that's, no that's, cons that's at the heart of Whoopi, what do you want those consequences to be? Do you want to jail Elon Musk? Elon Musk got a loan from the government, and now he talks about the government? Like, what is, these people, it's just so incredible, the tolerant and diverse class. And what do I always say? If you just peel off that very thin veneer of tolerance, underneath it lies something really, really rotten and authoritarian and bad. And guess what? You should be critical of the government. Of course you should be critical of the government, of the regime, because do you know what? The government, especially over the last couple of years uh, of the COVID nonsense and everything else, has gone completely bananas. Uh, you remember this one? This is one of my favorite clips of all time. Uh, at the peak of COVID, remember Jen Psaki? There's a name I haven't said in a while. When she full on admitted that the government works with big tech to silence you, which is a violation of the First Amendment, but I don't think anyone did anything about that. Can you talk a little bit more about this uh, request for tech companies to be more aggressive in policing misinformation? Has the administration been in touch with any of these companies? And are there any actions that the federal government can take to ensure their cooperation? Because we've seen from the start, there's not a lot of action on some of these platforms. Sure. Uh, well, first, we are in regular touch uh, with these social media platforms. Uh, and those uh, engagements typically happen through members of our senior staff, but also members of our COVID-19 team. Uh, given, as Dr. Murthy uh, conveyed, uh, this is a big issue of misinformation, specifically on the pandemic. In terms of actions, Alex, that uh, we have taken or we're working to take, I should say, from the federal government, uh, we've increased uh, disinformation research and tracking uh, within the Surgeon General's office. We're flagging problematic posts for Facebook uh, that spread disinformation. All right, we're flagging pro problematic posts for Facebook. We're literally contacting companies to tell them, hey, could you take this stuff down? That was a violation of the First Amendment. As you may remember, Jim Jordan, congressman uh, from Ohio, found the long list of people that they went after, and the government absolutely went after me. I, when I interviewed him about it, he's basically like, yeah, there's nothing you can do. Like, you don't get a, nobody at the Capitol is gonna apologize to you. The janitor won't say sorry to you, nothing. Okay, but the point, the reason I'm showing you that clip again is if we jump back to the previous clip, the view clip with Kara Swisher, she's very upset that there are no guardrails to stop people from speaking, and yet we know that the government has been doing things to stop 
people from speaking. But what this is really about is that the grand narrative, the people who have lied to us about everything from COVID to Russia collusion to Brett Kavanaugh and the Covington kids and the Smollett thing and all of this stuff, the laundry list that just goes on and on, they are, they are losing the narrative, right? Because if Joe Rogan ever got the numbers that CNN draws on an average night, he would say it's the worst episode of his show ever. That's a problem. If we ever drew the numbers that they were getting on primetime MSNBC, I would get a new job. I'd go play in the NBA like I always wanted to. Wouldn't be doing this crap. Anyway, they're losing the narrative and they're very upset about it. There's a guy up north, Justin Trudeau. You know Justin Trudeau and he's very upset because the mainstream media is losing control and we're gonna hand everything over to the conspiracy theorists. There is out there a deliberate undermining of mainstream media. There are the conspiracy theorists, there are the social media drivers who uh, are trying to do everything they can to keep people in their little filter bubbles, to prevent people from actually agreeing on a common set of facts the way, you know, the CBC and CTV, when they were our only sources of news, you know, used to, used to, and global, used to project across the country, at least a common understanding of things. I'm not kidding. I just said to the guys during that clip, we are getting a blow up clown that I, every now and again, I'm just allowed to punch. Instead of me cursing at people or when I have to just get it out emotionally, it's not, it's not healthy. And just every now and again, we're gonna set it here and I will just punch a clown because that's what that guy is, right? What he's saying that yes, in Canada, we could agree on a set of facts when everybody was getting their news from the CBC, the government run news organization. This is the same guy who was jailing truckers who were protesting him, who was jailing literally priests and closing churches and all of that. It's just absolutely incredible. But, but he, he, Joe Biden, John Stewart, all of these people, when you talk about the regime, I know it sounds kind of scary, but like what that is, is just this layer of people who have figured out a way to kind of control everybody. They slow roll all the information so no, nobody's ever able to catch up with the truth. And then anytime somebody says something true, you know, I'm a little, I'm a little worried about the vaccines. I don't know, it seems like they maybe pushed them out. Oh, I, I, I don't know, I don't, maybe I shouldn't be able to fire this guy just because he didn't get the vaccine or this or that, or you know, this Russia collusion thing seems a little bit weird and didn't Hillary say Trump was an illegitimate president? And you start doing that and what do you get called? You're a conspiracy theorist, you're a mean right winger, et cetera, et cetera. But we'll show you more on how the government uh, runs cover for these people because the elderly man pretending to be president was on the Seth Meyers show. Seth Meyers, talk about a black hole of comedy. Uh, but before we do that, let me talk to you guys about Gravity Defier shoes. Guys, you know that Gravity Defier has been making my days a whole lot easier. Gravity Defier shoes are something else, folks. Everyone knows Dave Rubin's a fan of comfortable footwear, but these shoes take it to a whole new level. More than just shoes, they're basically clouds for your feet. I'm not kidding. In a double-blind study by Olive View, UCLA Medical Center and published in the Journal of the American Podiatric Medical Association, which I read every day, participants experienced 85% less knee pain. It's the most powerful shock absorption system put into a shoe. Gravity Defier has patented VersoShock technology. It's like a mini trampoline in your shoes. Whether you're strolling through the park, running errands, or even just lounging at home, these shoes have got your back or I should say your feet. Even better, they're stylish. You get both comfort and style that looks good and feels great. And here's a little extra love for you guys. Use the discount code RUBEN30 for an exclusive $30 off orders, 150 or more. Yes, you heard it right. A little gift from G-Defy to your feet. Experience the miracle that is G-Defy, where comfort meets innovation. And now back to me. Okay, so how does the machine, the regime, whatever you wanna call it, 
How does it always kind of stay ahead? Well, there's this entire thing that is set up known as the mainstream media that puts certain people on to promote them, certain ideas, and then it pushes certain people away. It tries to tell you that certain people are too scary and all of those things. And also then it doesn't uh, actually do something called journalism, right? We don't have real people asking the right questions for the most part when you go to, when you watch these White House press conferences or the president never, never, does unscripted press conferences anymore or anything else. So what does Joe Biden do? Well, he went on Seth Meyers. I don't know how this guy has a job. Uh, and here he is uh, being asked about the 2024 agenda. Uh, he thinks it's the 2020 agenda, but here we go. What do you, would you wanna do? What's your 2024 agenda? Because I feel like we live in such crazy times that that is one of the things I feel we hear less about. Look, the 2020 agenda is to finish the job. For example, we're now in a position where we have the strongest economy of any major nation in the world, number one. We've got a way to go yet. Inflation's down, 880,000 manufacturing jobs. You know, we have uh, 14 million new jobs. The unemployment rate is the lowest it's been for the longest time. We're building wealth for people. But it really, we have to do more. First thing I have to do is stop it from being turned around. For example... You said you talked about the border didn't pass. Well, guess what? We're going to pass that border. It's overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly supported by Republicans and Democrats in the House and Senate. But because I don't know this for a fact, but I was told that Trump was picking up the phone, calling the Speaker of the House saying, don't let it pass. Why? Not because he doesn't think it's good, because it will benefit Biden. That's no way to run a country. That's no way to deal. We didn't need, even when we had real divisions back when I was a young senator among Democrats and Republicans. You, that, that, that wasn't the way it worked. And look, I think, let me put, this is not your father's Republican Party. This is, they got about 30% of the Republican Party controlling it all. And, uh, and I think it's, we're gonna break it. All right, first off, I'll give the doctor credit. Whoever's juicing him up, the juice kind of worked, right? Like that was, Pretty sensible for the most part. Couple, couple little flubs and slurs, but not terrible. It was all dishonest about inflation. And yes, we have more jobs back because they laid off all the people because of COVID. Like it was all, it was all just a series of lies. But for Joe Biden, in terms of putting sentences together, like that was actually pretty good. Uh, he did say it was the 2020 agenda, not the 2024 agenda. But again, we, the bar is set so low and everyone knows it. The whole time you're watching that clip, Aren't you, you're just sitting there at the edge of your seat. Like, when's he gonna bring up corn pop? When's he gonna just mumble and fumble and then say, oh, I shouldn't say that, or they didn't tell me I was allowed to say that or whatever. It's like, we expect nothing out of this guy on top of the fact that that's not a real interview. Seth Meyers is a corporate hack who is handed a piece of paper and they say, oh, you have your job at NBC. We pay you $15 million. It's not to do what you think is right. Certainly not to make people laugh. It is just to be a mouthpiece for the regime. Anyway, here's a, a video of Biden malfunctioning while talking about China. The American people are incredible. And we're the best, you know, I, I've told, I asked, I was asked by Xi Jinping uh, about what, when I was in the Tibetan mountains with him. And he said, can you define America for him? I said, yeah, one word, possibilities. Oh, is that right, Joe? When you were at the foothills of Xi Jinping, it was one word, possibilities? I vaguely remember this. America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was in the, foot, 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 excuse me, the foothills of the Himalayas with Xi Jinping, traveling with him. I guess we traveled 17,000 miles when I was vice president. I don't know that for a fact.
Okay, okay. Uh, the man is breaking down. It's happening right in front of our eyes again. Occasionally they can put him on the cocktail and there is some small group of people that know what he's on. Apparently Joe Biden, by the way, is getting a physical right now. They're going to release it later. Although I, last I heard, they said they weren't going to release or ask him to take a cognitive test, which is just absolutely insane. But surprise, surprise, I guess that's part and parcel of all the stupidity that we're dealing with right now. Uh, but don't worry, because uh, if Joe Biden with his 2020 agenda, if he was to falter, we've got Kamala Harris and she's ready to roll. What do you say to those concerns specifically, if he had to pass the powers to you for one second, one minute, heaven forbid, and I, you know, I ask with all due respect, but you know, would you, are you capable, are you ready to step into the role and do whatever the I country would need? absolutely ready. But thank God our president is in good shape and good health and is ready to lead in our second term. God, that's, I, I need this clown. I need to punch a clown. What kind of question is that? Uh, Miss, Miss BP, Madam BP, are you ready to, no, no. You know, what, people think I'm an idiot. I know about Venn diagrams. I know Russia's big and Ukraine's small and the world is spinning, spinning, spinning. Like that's not a question. That's not a question, but that's how these people get access by never asking anything that is remotely relevant or real or any, no, I just, no, you know, it's funny. I am BP, but I'm just so not ready because I'm always, do, you know, I do my hair and I put on the lipstick and I get up there and I read the speech, but like, I'm not ready to be freaking president. <laughs> but the point is that these people who apparently are in charge of all of us, or at least supposed to be in charge of us or something like that, uh, they are completely and utterly incompetent and they might just shut down the government, which would be fan-freaking-tastic as far as I'm concerned. We'll talk about that in a second. Let me just tell you a bit about the wellness company. Guys, you know that the pandemic showed us just how vulnerable our supply chains are. And the truth is, the U.S. has left itself vulnerable to supply chain manipulation from China. With close to 90% of our pharmaceuticals being produced outside of the U.S., what happens when the next global crisis strikes or China decides to use supply chains as a weapon in conflict? Pharmacy shelves in America will be empty. Do you have what your family needs? The question of whether or not we'll need to prepare for these shortages is no longer a question. While the Biden administration won't bother sounding the alarm, other countries are advising their citizens to start prepping by stockpiling prescription drugs they may need. European consumers, like American consumers, are reliant on a pharmaceutical supply chain that's been almost entirely taken over by the Chinese. This is a bit of a problem. Uh, this reliance on China for prescription drugs has only gotten worse since COVID, and as tensions escalate between the US and China, the possibility of China using this leverage to their advantage becomes more and more plausible. So how do you protect yourself and your family against prescription drug shortages? Be prepared with the wellness company's medical emergency kit. The medical emergency kit includes eight life-saving medications, including amoxicillin, Z-Pak, and ivermectin to, uh, for you to keep on hand along with a guidebook for safe use, supply chain shortages, medical emergencies, tick bites, alien invasions, or COVID. Every scenario is covered. Go to twc.health Ruben and grab yourself a medical emergency kit right now. That's twc.health health slash Ruben. Code Ruben saves you 15% at checkout. The kits are only available in the USA. What are you waiting for? And now back to me. All right. Now the government might shut down. These people, what they do, they ask for your money when they're running for office. They get into power and then they figure out more ways to take their, your money. Then we start running out of money because we're a debtor nation and we give money to everybody else. And then they threaten us by saying, we're gonna shut down. We're just not gonna go to work. Now, frankly, if none of them ever came back, I think we'd be in much better shape. If you just shut down DC, just shut it down. Oh, the lights aren't turning on. Everybody's gotta go home. I think things would work just fine. Nothing that they are doing is working, but they threaten everybody with a government shutdown and people start freaking out. And then they beg for the government to save them. 
Anywho, uh, Joe Biden sat down with congressional leaders and, and Senate leaders to discuss passing funding to keep the federal budget open and some foreign aid stuff and take a look. We got a lot of work to do. We got to figure out how we're going to keep uh, funding the government, which is an important problem, an important solution we need to find. And I think we can do that. And in uh, Ukraine, I think the need is urgent. I hope we get to speak to that a little bit. And uh, I think the consequences of inaction every day in Ukraine are dire. All right, so he's trying to freak us out. Somehow, if we don't give more of our money to Ukraine, we've given them billions and tons of weapons and all that stuff. Putin's got nukes. Do we have any evidence that they're winning? What would be a military? You know, it's so interesting because you, if you listen to where we started with Jon Stewart with that nonsensical um, analysis of Israel and Hamas, like there is a victory there. Like you can destroy Hamas. They're in a very controlled environment. You have an advantage militarily. You can hopefully get as many of your hostages back and you can win a war. Uh, it's not American soldiers doing it. We can help facilitate Israel being able to do that, but you can actually win a war. We defeated the Nazis, right? Like you can win a war. The Ukraine thing is like, we can keep giving them money and we can give them arms and we can give them planes and we can give them tanks and everything else. And at the end, Putin's got nukes. And, he, and I don't think he would be afraid to use them in an existential crisis, but we just got to give more and more money to Ukraine while we're dealing with all of our problems here. Uh, Fox News covered the meeting and congressional leaders leave intense Frank White House meeting with government shutdown threat going. Again, a government threat, the government, shutdown would be a freaking pleasure. But you saw some people in that meeting. You had Joe Biden with his note cards. Who am I? I'm Joe Biden. Make sure I don't poop in my pants. Then you had the lady that, uh, you know, the black uh, woman who was hired because she's a black woman who's not very bright, but she's ready to step into the thing. Then you got Schumer there and you got Mike Johnson. Now, Mike Johnson is the, is the uh, leader of the House right now, the Republicans. And here he is after the meeting actually making some sense. Every now and again, someone from the government makes sense. It's weird, but here you go. When I showed up today, my purpose was to express what I believe is the obvious truth, and that is that we must take care of America's needs first. When you talk about America's needs, you have to talk first about our open border. I've been, I believe, in uh, maybe 20-something states over the last several weeks, going around the country, uh, appearing at events with my colleagues, and we're hearing from the American people of all parties and all persuasions in all cities and all states who feel this acutely, they understand the catastrophe at the border is affecting everyone. And it is top of mind for all the American people for that reason. So I brought that issue up repeatedly today in that room and, and again one-on-one -on -one with the president. I think that's our responsibility uh, to bring that up. The other big priority for our country, of course, is the funding of our government. And we have been working in good faith around the clock every single day for months and, and weeks and over the last several days quite literally around the clock to get that job done. We're very optimistic. I, I hope that the other leaders came out here and told you the same. We believe that we can get to agreement on these issues and prevent a government shutdown. And that's our first uh, responsibility. All right, so there's a guy calmly laying out what he thinks the priorities are. And clearly he's saying the number one priority that he's, he's hearing from everybody, and we now know we have a crisis in over 20 states, uh, is this bordering. And we know that over 7 million people have come in in the last three plus years, which is more than 30, the population of 38 of our states. That's a freaking invasion. We have major, major problems that we're not even realizing how big the problems are because we have no freaking idea who these people are. Sleeper cells, whatever the intentions are, pushing fentanyl over the border. We just have no freaking idea. Everyone knows that the border really is the biggest thing right now because none, because all the other problems are secondary to that. You either have a, 
a piece of land that you can control who's in and out and you have some sense of what's going on or you don't. We're leaning towards the don't part, but he's saying, okay, that's what I'm realizing is the number one thing. And then he says the thing about, we gotta fund the government. Again, it's like, if the government just shut down, if the federal government basically ceased to exist, do you think your life would be better or worse? Probably better. First off, you'd be giving way less money to this thing that's just an endless sucking machine and not a good kind of sucking machine. That was the biggest nod yes that you ever gave me this, this entire show. Anyway, here's Chuck. Okay, so that's Mike Johnson like calmly laying things out. Here's Chuck Schumer trying to scare the F out of everybody. The meeting on um, Ukraine was one of the most intense I have ever encountered in my many meetings in the Oval Office. The four of us all together led, first person to speak was Leader McConnell, well, the five of us, the president, the vice president, Leader McConnell, Speaker, uh, Leader Jeffries, and myself, made it so clear how vital this was to the United States. This was so, so important. And that we couldn't afford to wait a month or two months or three months because we, w we would, in all likelihood, lose the war. NATO would be fractured at best allies would turn away from the United States, and the boldest leaders, the boldest autocrats of the world, the Putins, the Xi's, the presidents of North, Car uh, North, Car North <laughs> Korea, I like the governor of North Carolina, actually, uh, the presidents of uh, North Korea and Iran would be emboldened, thinking that the United States was this soft, fat, a uh, country that lost its way and would take advantage. And so we said to the speaker, get it done. I told him, this is one of the moments, I said, I've been around here a long time, it's maybe four or five times that history is looking over your shoulder. Chuck, Chuck, we are a soft, fat country that has lost our way and we have dementia, right? Nobody believes anything that you people say. Uh, by the way, there's a couple points there. He said, we would lose the war. Have we declared we're in war? I don't think so. So that, I guess, was an interesting slip of tongue or it just doesn't matter. Uh, he also says it's so, so important. He doesn't really explain why. Uh, also, when he mentions the NATO thing, Ukraine is not in NATO. Ukraine wants to get into NATO, but NATO is nothing unless we do it, right? Nobody else is going to, people, as Trump always said, guys, you're gonna be in NATO, you're gonna pay your fair share. And then countries started paying. Now it's just us once again. So what does Schumer want? He wants us to beat Russia in a war, in a war that has absolutely no end, right? Like that's the point. And, and the way they use the fear, the way they use fear, if we don't do this, then all of the worst autocrats, and, and by the way, I believe that there is some use of foreign policy and, and speak softly and carry a big stick and that by having strength and showing strength as a nation, you can keep the bad guys at bay. Donald Trump was pretty good about that. Remember one of the first things he did was drop the MOAB, the mother of all bombs, and everyone was like, what the high hell did that guy do? And then we basically had peace because people were like, he's bananas, he's crazy hair, he's orange, he's dropping bombs, what the hell's going on here? But what they do, what they do is lie about everything and keep you afraid about everything. So here's Schumer back in 2021 when they were about to have a lockdown back then, and here's how he framed the 2021 lockdown. A few individual Republican senators appeared determined to de derail this important legislation because of their opposition to the president's life-saving vaccine guidelines critical to healing our country in the middle of a pandemic. Let's be clear, if there is a shutdown, 
it will be a Republican anti-vaccine shutdown. Democrats want to get the government funded as soon as You see, if the Republicans shut down the government, it's because they're anti-vaccine, you're all gonna die. And it turns out that everything he said there was a lie or at, or at least wrong. You're gonna kill everybody. And of course, what they also do is they always go after the people that are doing it right. Here's a short clip of him doing just that. And by the way, I saw that Governor DeSantis, the anti-vaccine person. Oh yes, the anti-vaccine person. Yeah, the vaccines that didn't stop you from getting COVID, didn't stop you from transmitting COVID that are skyrocketing rates of myocarditis and a whole bunch more vaccine injuries and everything else. But the reason I'm showing you that is that these people have a long track record of trying to scare the hell out of you, getting everything wrong, and then, then somehow they remain in power. It's sort of like you can connect it to the John Stewart thing. 20 years, he ushered in all of this leftist lunacy, but suddenly is now brought back into the system. Like, I'm not a crazy lefty. I'm just a see it both ways kind of guy. No, no more of this nonsense. It is dragging us all into the pit of hell. Um, but let's talk about uh, something else. Uh, Joe Rogan had uh, Abigail Schreier on, and uh, this is, was this just from a couple days ago, right? Yeah, so she's got a new book coming out, and we actually interviewed her uh, last week. It's coming out this week. It's out right now, hot diggity dog. My God, worlds are colliding. Uh, Abigail Schreier uh, was on Joe Rogan, and he was talking about how COVID is what woke him up. So you will see how this is connected to then people being like, hmm, maybe the government doesn't have my best interest. For COVID, I had a completely different opinion of the medical establishment. My opinion of the medical establishment is that they were there to help people. That's, That's right. it. Yeah. I never questioned it. I questioned the motives of some of the pharmaceutical drug companies that were trying to sell drugs. But I felt like the medical establishment always figured that out eventually, and then they, they banned those drugs, the ones that were harmful. But that's not real. That's not really what happens. It's a money game. The whole thing's a money and influence game, and it's run by very powerful people. So the point there is that what they have forced to happen is that more and more people tune into Joe Rogan to just hear something basically true. Like what we now, what most of us, what I would not most of us, what I would say most sane people now believe which is that the CDC doesn't necessarily have your best interests at heart. The NIH doesn't best necessarily. Um, that the government and Chuck Schumer and Joe Biden don't necessarily have your best interests at heart. That they have all figured out ways to become super rich. Elizabeth Warren worth $60 million while she's a socialist. Bernie Sanders with three houses while he's a socialist. Do you think AOC who killed Amazon which was gonna bring, I think it was like 30,000 jobs to Long Island. And they were gonna open a factory there and she killed that deal. Did she have the best interests of the people there, the house prices that would have gone up, all the infrastructure that would have been brought in and fixed, all the people that would have got good paying jobs. But they lie about everything. Then they get media people like Seth Meyers and Jon Stewart to run cover and then everything slowly gets worse. So how do we stop things from getting worse? As Ron DeSantis says, decline is a choice. And it is a choice. I live in the free state of Florida where we are not choosing it. As a matter of fact, in my little town here, there was a, a there's like a traffic circle and somebody, a car a couple days ago, broke through the middle of the thing because people get confused with traffic circles. I don't love the traffic. It's called traffic circle. The world traffic's in it right there. I don't love traffic circles. Anyway, somebody like smashed up some cement I texted the freaking mayor, they're fixing it already. Like there are places that things actually work and we have to choose to be in places like that and to be around people like that and everything else. And the first thing that will get you there is to be 
fearless. Just say, hey, I'm here, I have worth, and I'm not just going to be part of the problem. Here's Tucker Carlson talking about why we shouldn't be afraid. There is a fundamental way which you wanted Americans to expect more. You don't have to live like this. We don't have to live like this. You don't have to accept it. You don't. And everyone's afraid in this country they're going to be shut down by the tech oligarchs or have the FBI show up at their houses or go to jail. And people are legit afraid of that in the United States. And my feeling is, so? Like, show a little courage. Like, what is it worth to you for your grandchildren to live in a free, prosperous country? It should be worth more than your comfort. That's how I feel. Yeah, it should be, and that's the point. And we all know it. Like, for everybody that has buried their head in the sand, like, you just get beheaded a little bit lower on the neck. That's how it works. If you are afraid of the problems that are here today and the socialists that are here and the Marxists and what they're doing to kids and the border and all of those things, like, how do you think it's, if you just are kind of like, man, I'm not gonna do anything about it, or I'll just be quiet, I'll just kind of skate by and I'll watch my porn and I'll, uh, and not pay attention to anything. It's like, all right, well, how's it gonna be in five years? You, you, your acquiescence is actually the fuel that they need. Or you could stand up against them and then maybe, maybe they're actually just a paper tiger and things will change pretty quickly. Uh, if you watch yesterday's show, I showed you this long Twitter thread by Ben Shapiro where he was uh, exposing some of the insanity that's ha now happening in the medical establishment and how DEI is bringing in doctors that are openly discriminating uh, and, and a whole bunch of awful stuff. Well, he got a Twitter thread out there, it went viral, and then you're not gonna believe it. Some good stuff started happening. Here's a tweet from Ben. Following our investigation, Duke Medical School has taken down videos in which one of its doctors, Vignesh Raman, admitted to abandoning all sorts of metrics in hiring surgeons for the sake of DEI. Unfortunately for Duke, we saved copies. As Elon Musk aptly put, DEI puts the, the lives of your loved ones at risk. We've reached out to Duke, Raman, and the North Carolina Attorney General for comment and are in touch with US Representative Bishop, who intends to ensure the laws here are fully enforced. So you get it? They exposed some stuff, so there was probably a whistleblower at Duke. That person was brave, they get it to Ben. Ben and the Daily Wire guys, they put out the Twitter thread. Now suddenly these videos have disappeared from Duke's website, they're bringing in the Attorney General to look into it, and then maybe things will start to change, right? So let me give you another example of how you can make things change. The other example, I think this is a great one out of Florida, this is probably the best the best one in the in the fight against the woke is that, as you guys know, Ron DeSantis went after Disney and everyone kept saying, you'll never beat Disney. And then a whole bunch of other Republicans like Nikki Haley and like Mike Pence were like, oh, don't go after D Disney too much. We like Disney because they're not really conservatives or libertarians or small government people. They're actually kind of corporate crony people. But he fought Disney, took away all of their special privileges. And guess what? It's freaking working for, it's, Freaking working for Florida. Take a look at this. Governor Ron DeSantis signing a bill on Friday dismantling Disney World's self-governing status. What happens to that special district's debt, which is being paid by Disney? Democratic lawmakers have said that that money would be passed on to taxpayers. On Monday, I asked you to consider how stupid the new Florida law is that repeals Disney's special tax status in the state. And I just always beat Mickey Mouse. And I want to send up a camera of the faces of the kids. <laughs> Welcome back. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis learned an important lesson this week. 
don't mess with the mouse. They're suing the state of Florida. They're gonna lose that lawsuit. So what I would say is drop the lawsuit. You know, you have the state that even CNBC ranks as number one of all 50 states for economy. Disney was against it. They were wrong. We were right. The federal judge has dismissed Disney's lawsuit against Governor Ron DeSantis. How stupid. The Democratic lawmakers have said that. Florida legislature has every right uh, to change special districts. The acts that have been done over the last year, two years, uh, really are about who governs in our society. Is it is it one company gets to call the shots or is it we the people? a local government here with this district that is functioning in ways that are much more transparent, uh, much more accountable, and ultimately much more beneficial to the people uh, who live and work in Central Florida. All right, guys, this is a good story, a good example of good government. Thank you. Yes, good governance is possible, right? And it takes a guy being brave. It was not easy for DeSantis to go against Disney, but he did it. They mocked him all along the way. Don't fight the mouse. Well, we love Mickey Mouse. You're never going to beat Mickey Mouse. Why does Donald Duck not wear pants, by the way? Somebody should look into that. But the point is, if you're brave, if you fight back, then good things start happening. And then you know what happens. It starts becoming contagious and people look around and they go, my God, you know, I'm living with a bunch of homeless people and crack addicts. My child's on fentanyl. This is a problem. I think I'm going to leave Seattle. And you know where I'm going to move? I'm going to move to the free state of Florida. And Sylvester Stallone, that's right, Rocky. Like if you were to pick a guy who like so represents Hollywood, when, when Hollywood was something good, it is, it is Sylvester Stallone. There's a great documentary about him on Netflix right now. Well, guess what? He's leaving Cali and he's moving to the Sunshine State. After long, hard consideration, your mother and I have decided it's time to move on and leave the state of California permanently and we're going to go to Florida. We're gonna sell this house. What? What? Yep. Is this a joke? It's not a joke at all. Full time. No LA time. Full time. We already have the place. It's a done deal. Sly Stallone had an absolutely gorgeous, I mean, the guy's gotta be worth at least 100 mil, absolutely gorgeous house in Coldwater Cold Canyon in LA. We used to drive by it all the time. Uh, if you watch the documentary on Netflix, it takes place as he's packing up and getting ready to leave. I don't think in the doc they actually say he's going to Florida, but they're talking about him leaving and as he's doing a retrospective on his whole career. It's really wonderful if you, if you love Rocky or Rambo or any of his movies, like it's just, it's just great. But the point is more and more people, the whole doc is about him, like why you have to fight the system and how he went about, you know, he was writing Rocky and wanted to star in it. They didn't want him to star in it because they didn't think he was gonna be a good actor, but he fought the system along the way, becomes a huge star. And now he's seeing what that town and what that state have turned into and he's moving to greener pastures. So there are good things happening. I wanna end with one more thing. So it's, it's very easy for me to show you the crazies on the left, all the hacks at The View and MSNBC and Jon Stewart to make fun of Joe Biden and Kamala and everything else. We can do that all day long, right? And it's, and it's easy for me to actually show you some of the good people on the right that are making some sense. Like we can do that, but what I, one of the things that I've been really focused on over the last couple of weeks is that we don't all, in this non-woke alliance, we don't all have to agree on everything, but the people that basically should be on the same side should figure out ways to mitigate their little differences. Uh, Tucker Carlson's been going after, Tucker Carlson, who I've given a lot of credit to on this show, uh, has been gi given Ben Shapiro a lot of guff. 
and going after him, I would say, in a, in a particularly pernicious way, and I would really love that resolved, and you've probably seen this clip, but I asked Ben about it, because I think it's important that we work through this stuff so that all of us, if we're ever to get on the other side of the woke and the Marxists and all of the horrible stuff that's coming, Ben and Tucker wanna live in the same country. And that's the country that you wanna live in, and it's the country that I wanna live in, and I think it's the country that most Americans wanna live in, and it's the country that we used to have, that we're on the precipice of giving away. So that's the stuff we gotta get over, and that's why I asked Ben about it. I thought it would be a nice way to uh, wrap this show up. I wanna ask you one other thing related to this since I brought up Tucker a couple of times. He, he's been somewhat critical of you. I actually think kind of unfairly, and I, I defended you on my show a couple of weeks ago. I mean, listen, best to Tucker in all of his endeavors with, with regard to his network. I think that some of the, he put out a, a little documentary on the border recently that I thought was quite good. You know, again, I, I like many things that Tucker says. What Tucker said about me is that I don't love the country, which I found absolutely peculiar. Uh, it's, it's something that I would never say about him. He and I disagree about a wide variety of issues ranging from economics to foreign policy, that's a, that's a bizarre notion. And again, I've, I've actually invited Tucker to come on my show. Like we've been texting. I, I think it's good for the right to have these discussions. Um, I'd be perfectly willing to, to, to discuss with him. Hopefully we can work out a time to, to make that happen. Because yeah, I mean, I too would, would be uh, interested in some clarification of, of whether, you know, in fact, he, he does think that I don't love the country in the way that he suggested. Because again, I, I think that, I, I doubt he feels that way. I really doubt he feels that way. Perhaps it was poorly articulated, um, but I'd like to certainly ask him the question. All right, so we could use a little bit more of that, right? So if we're all somewhat on the non-woke side and we're watching some of our more lefty friends or liberals wake up, it's like, let's not attack each other's motives and everything else. Again, what did I do with this show? I, I lauded Tucker several times. So it's like, let's clean up some of that stuff. And then we will we'll kind of be whole so that we can fight those people and then figure out a better way on the other side. That's not a political answer. I suppose that's more of a spiritual or personal answer, but that's probably where it starts. Uh, guys, part one of my interview with Dr. Phil is up right now. The full thing is up on Locals, absolutely ad-free. Also, full interview with Abigail Schreier is up. She's got a fantastic new book out. People of the Internet live at 1 p.m. And if you want to help keep us independent so that the corporate overlords don't lodge some sort of electronic device into my head and then tell me what to say, you can join us for just a couple bucks a month at rubenreport.locals.com. I thank you for watching, and we have uh, a news blooper to leave you with. Ta-ta. Some sunshine, 60, Thursday, partly sunny skies, and 57. And to another woman who likes to be double-fisted in a different way, I think, Jess. <laughs> she means beer. She means beer. Um, guys... Thanks for tuning in to The Rubin Report. You can watch the show live every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern and 8 a.m. Pacific on Rumble, Locals, and YouTube. Don't forget to rate, review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And you can join me for the post-game wrap-up every day after the show at rubinreport.locals.com.